Amen. Well, good evening. Glad everybody's able to be here tonight. I know people are just now starting to get out and about again after people getting sick, then a hurricane, people getting sick, and possibly another hurricane. And Did y'all see the new one out there? There's another one. I sent, I sent it to my buddy over in Texas, and he said, you just need to stop. Just just stop. That's, that's it. Was just stop. I'll be honest with you all, though. Did you all see the track of this one that, that's going up right now? I saw it. He was going up, moving this, doing this, doing this. And you know the first thing that came to mind was? To the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. You know? I, and my thought was, is, oh, God, no, no, no to the left. Just, just to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right. I was like, it looks like some two-step song, you know, some country line dance, you know, because he would go up, he'd back up, he'd do this. And I was like, no to the left, no to the left. It's so, but we definitely need to be praying for those guys over there because, man, that thing put in a lot of water with them, and we still got Lake Charles over here. And uh, Jesus, can we get an end on this year? <laughs> I, I saw somebody even post it uh, when we set time back. Since it's going to be like on Friday the 13th, I don't know, whatever it was. It was like, can, can we just go back to normal then, you know? I don't know. So we're going to try our best. But, hey, let's just keep praying. And that's what we're actually talking about tonight is prayer. But uh, let's just keep praying for, for the people of our, our family here, our church, and uh, people that's being affected by all of this because, man, it's just crazy out there, you know? Just crazy out there. Make sure you grab one of the bulletins as well. There's some things in there from, from Sunday. We're going to continue on this Sunday uh, with... Uh, talking about radical revolutionaries, and I don't know what the title is yet. I'm just being Pentecostal. But uh, the Lord spoke to uh, Brother Jose earlier, and it, so I just want to let you know this, that, that tonight when we're in worship, if you need a touch from God, you, you just want to get closer to Him, maybe come sit down and, and lay your head in His lap, you know, sit down at His feet. If you want to do any of that, if you've got anything, just come up front and find a place. Just come up front and find a place, you know. Uh, let him give you the comfort and peace that, that you need because there's a river there and it's going to be washing and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over that and it's going to help you. You know, it's going to help you go deeper. And, and you know, and, it, and if you're out in the, in the congregation and, and you feel that everything's fine in your life, well, you know what? Pray for the ones that are up here. You know, we, we need to be praying for each other uh, because, you know, it's, it's, as I said, it's crazy out there and we're all dealing with different things and different stresses and all that. And uh, we just need to be praying for each other, man. But tonight, while we're worshiping and, you know, the presence of God is here, we know it's here. So just come jump into the river and sit down and just relax. Amen. Relax. So, Father, we thank you that we get to be here tonight with you. We thank you, Lord, that we get to come and worship you and, and to love you. And, Lord, we get to hear your word. And, Lord, I'm thankful for all the people that are dedicated to being here week in and week out to come and to worship you and to love you and to keep the doors open of this church so that we can minister to, to people that need you, that need a touch from you. And, Lord, I, I'm just so thankful for them. I bless them tonight. And, Lord, this whole service is for you. It's about you, every bit of it. Lord, so I come against any hindrance that would try to stop us tonight. Let us freely flow into worship, just stepping into your presence, loving on you. Uh, have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. Have your way in Jesus' name. If you agree with that tonight, I want you to say amen. Amen. Hey, you can go ahead and stand up, and we're going to get ready to do some worship. Amen.
one part of that song that, that I really I think we need to change the words on every war he wages he will win every war he, he wages he's already won even if he hadn't fought it yet he already won it's like every time I sing that I'm like ah, ah. so
shout to the Lord.
voices. Let your presence fill this place. Surround me, oh That's your prayer tonight. Surround me, oh Lord. Surround me, oh Lord. Surround me, oh Lord. Let your presence fill this place. Let your presence. Let your presence fill this place. Come on, say it again. Let your presence fill this place. Come on, one more time. Come on. Let your presence fill this place. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise tonight. Come on. Father, we worship you. We're so thankful for you, God, your presence filling this place. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Try to bring this up here if I can. I'm going to see. Hallelujah. See if I can get this up here on my stand. It is so good to see everybody. You need some help? You got it? Okay. Hallelujah. Man, it's so good to be in God's presence. Amen. So good to see everybody. Listen, I, I don't want to take a lot of time tonight with you. I just want to I want to put some things up there for you. you can go ahead and put that, that slide up there. We, we've been talking about being Pentecostal and, and that it's much more than just praying in the spirit. And, and tonight I want to talk about effective prayer. Effective prayer, and we can put many different things under there, but but effective prayer. And you know, too many times we Trying to get back to where I'm supposed to be here. There we go. Too many times we just want to pray and hope something happens. You know, I, I know, push, pray until something happens. But I think a lot of times we're not really even paying attention to what we're praying. You know, I, I think we're just, we're just throwing things out there. Uh, we're, we're not really being specific on things. And, you know, Ephesians 6, 17 and 18 uh, is where we're going to look at tonight to start out. Ephesians 6, 17 and 18. And, and I put this in the Amplified so we can see it. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, that the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. Right? Look at the next verse. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To the end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints God consecrated people. Let me read to you this version of the Amplified. It's, it's slightly different. Verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests. With specific requests. That all times, on every occasion, and in every season, and in the Spirit, with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer. You know, my, my pastor used to tell us, and he was, he was talking about 
giving. This was one of his giving scriptures. Uh, well, one of his giving lessons is he was teaching. He said, you know, you, you don't go out and throw down tomato seeds when you're wanting watermelon. So when we pray, we don't go out just shotgunning this thing, hoping God hears something. There, there's a specific, right? And so what we need to learn to do is be specific in what we're praying. Now, am I saying you got to know every ligament in the body to pray for somebody to be healed? No. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to be specific when we're praying. There are times when we may generalize a prayer of God save our city, right? And then there may be times where we're being more specific, God save this person. But we just can't say, God, go save this person and never know their name. And that, you know what I'm saying? We, we need to be specific. When we're interceding, there's a purpose behind it. You know, if I'm praying for Jose, you know, I'm specifically calling out Jose's name. If I run into somebody on the streets and I don't know their name, I'm going to make sure the Lord knows who I'm talking about. Right? So, so we've got to make sure that we're, we're being alert in what we're doing and we're praying and we're fighting through the word and, and through prayer for people. And for situations. You know, I remember, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, we were still in Texas, so it was before Hurricane Rita. There was a, a, a storm that looked like it was going to come toward Texas. And we were praying and praying and praying about it. And it kind of turned and went into an empty spot of Louisiana. We were happy. Now, it went into kind of an empty spot that didn't do anything. It kind of fizzled out as it came in. And we were like, okay, next time we need to be more specific. God, don't send it to Louisiana. Just kill it. You know, because we were like, we've been praying against this thing. Don't come to Texas. Go anywhere else but Texas. We weren't being very specific, right? So, all right, go ahead and put that next one up there for me. This is where I want us to look tonight. Number one, pray with understanding. There's three things that I've listed out. If you want to have an effective prayer, three things that I look at specifically, I believe there's a whole lot more, okay? Let me just say that right now. I don't believe this is the, you know, exhaustive list of everything you got to do. These are three things I look at. Number one, let me get my section here go pray with understanding and that's what we were just talking about an understanding of what you are trying to achieve i think is important too right what you're trying to achieve again like if i'm praying for jose and he's sick i'm praying against the specific sickness but i'm also praying that he's going to be restored because i want to see him restored and, and I've kind of thrown out the crazy prayer sometimes when I'm praying for people and they've got a lot of sickness. Lord, I want to see a complete overhaul. Right? And, and, but again, in my mind, I know what that means. And I, know, I believe the Lord knows my heart behind it because when we used to rebuild engines, it was an overhaul of an engine. So I'm like, God, you see this person got a lot of things wrong with them. And we name, I want a whole overhaul. I want them to be better afterward than before. I pray that you bring them back the way they were created to be. You see, so, so it, it's praying with, with the end in mind. Because if you don't know really where you want to go, how are you ever going to get there? Right? When, when we're praying for our community and for our parish, what are we praying? That everybody would be saved? That's part of it. But that everybody would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, yeah. That everyone would be discipled, yeah. That, that people that are living in homosexuality will no longer live in that lifestyle. People that are stuck into drugs and alcohol and any other addiction would be freed from that. We're praying with an end in mind so that we know what it looks like. You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We need to see. And, and if we're not seeing what we're praying for out there, what we're trying to achieve, 
you know, what's it, what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? It, it kind of reminds me of this. Uh, years ago, there, there was a story that I heard. It was from a uh, hydraulic. It, it was some people that were engineers in, in, in the hydraulics, okay, in college. And their instructor told them that they had to make a vehicle that would move from here to there. But it couldn't look like a car. Well, how do we make something move from here to there that doesn't look like a car? Well, the problem is, and what he was explaining was, is that everybody in the car industry is so close-minded, they always look the same. Nobody ever thinks outside the box. So he forced them to think outside the box. He said, you can't use tires. You've got to figure something else out. So he, they completely redesigned this walking machine that was cool. But the thing was is they had to change their mindset to see where they wanted to go and what they wanted to achieve, but they couldn't be stuck in the mindset of everybody else. He challenged them to change the way they're thinking. The world says that, well, we can just pray for you and you'll be okay. Yeah, but, but I say we need to have a prayer with understanding of what we want to achieve. Let's go beyond it. Let's go beyond it. Right? Let's go beyond it. Jesus always prayed with an understanding. He put mud on the guy's eyes. He said, hey, now go wash. You can see. He knew what he was praying for. You know, Lazarus come forth. He knew what he was praying for. That's why I said Lazarus. And I always, I've always heard this. I wonder if it's true, though, honestly. I've always heard this, that if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, everybody would have got up. I really wonder if that's true, though, man. That would be really interesting. It's on my bucket list of what I need to ask that I'll never ask when I get there. So, so let's look at, let's look at a, a scripture right here. I want you to see this. James chapter 4, I think it is. The next, the next verse. Yeah, James chapter 4, verse 3. Look at this. You do ask God for them and yet fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil, selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual pleasures. You know, this says some things in it, but there's some more. I can remember when, when I was praying for a job that would make more money, when I prayed that we had more money. I prayed every which way, any angle I could get that we just needed more money, period. That was the end goal was more money. And when I stopped praying for that because God blessed me with that, I didn't know what else to pray about. I got so single-minded in things because once I had got it, I don't believe we went and wasted it, but the problem was is we got so single-minded we didn't go anywhere else. I didn't pray for anything else. So what I'm trying to say is, is it says here, you know, sometimes we have selfish motives. Our intentions sometimes desires, yes, those are true, but I want to bring it one step further. Sometimes we get so, so tunnel visioned on it that we don't even pay attention to anything else going on. You know, I, I didn't pray for a whole lot of other needs. I prayed for my one need, my one need, my one need. And, and it's just something I wanted to throw in on top of this. So I'm going to try to get back to this so I make sure I say the right one. We fail to receive because we ask with the wrong purpose. I, I know that King James says, you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your own pleasures. But we ask amiss. Go to the next scripture for me right there. It's Mark chapter 11. Watch this. Did I put it in there? Okay. Mark chapter 11, 24. I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe. You have received it and it will be yours. We have to pray with an understanding, pray with an, object, uh, an objective, something that we can achieve through him. It doesn't matter how big it is, but if we never pay attention to where we're going with this thing, we're never going to get there. I continue to pray 
for our community. Remember the prayer that I prayed when I prayed for our community? That every church that teaches truth, preaches truth. See, I'm being specific. Every church. Me, me and this lady was talking about church today, and, and she was talking about some pastors she don't like and all this. And I was like, well, I said, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I said, but let's not, let's not hate on people. Let's not hate on people. It's God's name above the door. Let him take it off when he's done with them. Let's just keep praying that knowledge would come forth. Let's pray that people would be changed. See, so it's being specific. It's being specific. Go to number two real quick for me. Pray with an expectation. Do you ever pray with an expectation? If you've ever prayed for a situation, did you expect to see it? Yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things have not yet seen. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming. And I'm going to pray with an expectation that that person is going to get up out of the wheelchair, that they're going to be healed of COVID, their eyes are going to open, whatever it is. There's an expectation that when I finish praying, I'm going to see it, but does it have anything to do with me? Only the fact that I'm willing to pray it. Only the fact that I'm willing to say it. You see, that's, that's our only part in this. God wants to use us. And he will use the donkey. We already know that. The Old Testament story. He'll use the donkey if we won't speak up. He'll, the, the rocks will cry out. But look at this scripture right here. Philippians 4, 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything be prayer and petition. Def, look at that. Definite requests. Again, definite requests. I, I love how here we are. We're having definite requests while we're having expectation. You know, when, when I go to, <laughs> just great story about that today. I, I went, I just all of a sudden had this hankering for some fried livers, y'all. I, I don't know why. I, I haven't eaten fried livers in years. So I was talking to somebody on the phone. They told me where to go get them. So I, I had to go over there and get them. And this poor man in front of me, he'd been waiting there a while. They called his name. I guess he didn't hear somebody else had the same name, took his stuff and walked. And, and this guy's just sitting there. Now, my expectation was that I was going to get my food pretty quickly. His tongue got blown. You know, his expectation to get his food was. Now, the joke was, though, and I, and I say all this to say this because we were standing next to each other. I was like, I said, what would you get? Some baked potatoes? I said, well, that ain't too bad. I said, but could you imagine the guy that got home expected to have a 10-piece chicken and he had 12 pieces of fried liver instead? <laughs> right. Okay. So, so when we're praying with an expectation, it's, Lord, I want to see this person touched. I want to see my situation answered. But you know what? I don't always have to know how it's going to happen. But I have an expectation that I know that I put the second scripture in there. I don't remember if I did or not. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Ephesians 3.20. Exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or hope. But my expectation is, is my God hears me. My expectation is, is that he's the God that answers his word. My expectation is, is that he's going to honor his word. I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed begging for bread. Then why do I have to beg? Why do I have to fret? Oh, well, there was that other scripture that said that. Right? You see what I'm saying? It, all of these really work together when you look at it. But if you have no expectation of receiving an answer, then why ask? Listen, I have continually asked the Lord these crazy questions 
And I expect to have an answer one day. I really do. Like, I've been asking him this new question. I've, I've got so many questions I always ask. You know, like, like the one I shared Sunday, for those that, that weren't able to watch, is, is in the book of Revelation I've been reading through, that when the angels say holy, all the elders get down and they cast their crowns. Well, they're always going around saying holy. How many crowns they got? How many times they're doing this? I know that really doesn't matter, but I'm expecting an answer. I even think of it this way. In the beginning of Revelation, there's the ch the, each church had an angel, a messenger. Do we have one? Where's he at? I'd like to talk to him. You know, I, I'd like to talk. So I'm, I just, I, but I'm expecting an answer is as foolish as the question may sound. You see what I'm saying? I'm expecting an answer. And it's kind of like, you know, Caitlin, when she starts crying and looking at you, she may not know how to say bottle, but you know what she's expecting, right? You know what she's, or you know what makes her quiet, whichever one it is. You see, We've got to have an expectation. Philippians 4.19. One of my favorite scriptures right here that I, that I lean on when I have needs. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Only since I got up here and met people that raise cows do I say this. Daddy, can you sell a couple cows? I kind of got some needs. Can you bring them down to Avalusas and sell them? I got some needs. But you know what? I'm expecting an answer. When was the last time you prayed expecting an answer to come today? Or do we just pray, well, one day? Now, I'm hoping I find out these answers before I get to heaven. If I don't, I'll still find them out when I get to heaven. But my prayer is, is that I will find them out today. Why? Because I believe he's the God that hears me, and he answers me. You see, a relationship is a two-way street. If it's only one person communicating, then it's not a relationship. So if I pray and I never hear answers and he doesn't bring me to him in the word, then that's not a relationship. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's an expectation here that I know God is going to speak. Well, that, that's kind of crazy. You would expect God to speak to you. Well, it says it in there. If this thing ain't real, let's get rid of it and go home. There's movies on TV tonight, I'm sure. I don't know what they are. Never home on Wednesday night. But um, anyways, I want to move on to the third one because I have something after one I want to show you. So that's what I'm trying to pray the word. Pray the word. Pray the word. Oh, she's fine. He ain't bothering me. Pray the word. See, and, and the reason I say that, and I, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking about this, but I should have looked up the scripture. In the Old Testament, they put the watchman on the wall. They put the watchman on the wall. Why? To watch for the armies coming in? According to the word of God, the watchmen were put on the wall to remind God day and night of his promises, his word. Day and night, they were to stand on the walls around the city and remind God of his promises, which is what? His word. God, I know you said that you are the God that supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And God, I have a need right now. You said that by his stripes, I am healed. I receive that healing right now because the word said that I was to be healed. You said that when I have need of comfort or wisdom, I can ask because you're the God that gives wisdom unabridged. I'm trying to remember the King James word off the top of my head. You see, so, so if we pray the word, 
then we should have an expectation that it's going to be answered. Why should we have an expectation against it's going to be answered? Because he told us to pray that specific prayer. And once you learn to do that, then you start learning how to put the word inside your prayers. And now you're praying with an understanding. It all works together. It all works together. And the thing is, the thing is, is when we allow the Spirit of God, talking about being Pentecostal, when we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us and to show us what's going on, we can pray specifically. And it's, it's kind of like this. this. This is the story that I know I've used before. But it was kind of a, a crazy story the Lord showed me one day when I was talking to teenagers about allowing the Spirit of God to, to speak to us and to pray through us. It was kind of like this. This young man's been going up to the altar for the last six months because his foot hurts. They've anointed him. They've prayed for him. They've done everything. They've spoken the word. They've fasted and prayed, and his toe still hurts. Why? Well, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost gets involved. And you know the thing about the Holy Ghost is he sees things that you may have in your pocket, and your back pocket, and that you don't want to talk about. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost gets involved and says, hey, Dude, you need some bigger shoes. <laughs> it's funny, but it really helped with the teenagers. And can I tell you, we, we, had, we were praying for this young lady one time. I was at camp. I, I don't know who she was. I watched these people pray for her and pray for her and pray for her to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Nothing, man. They prayed. And I'm, I felt so sorry for that young lady. But you know what happened is I listened to the Holy Spirit there was a situation in her life that she had never repented from, and it was just completely blocking her off. And I went up to her, and I was like, hey, I need to ask you a question about this. Well, she broke down. I said, you need to repent and forgive them of this. All right, so we talked about it, and she repented, and she's bawling. Next thing she prayed in the Spirit. Why? Because I allowed the Spirit of God to flow through me. You see, now I have... When, when I talked to the other youth pastors, I told them, well, I expected she was going to pray in the Spirit afterward. You see, you see how this is? We, we pray the Word of God, which is what I was doing, that that would happen. Then I let the Spirit come in with understanding. And then, let me show you this scripture right here, 1 John 5, 14. Look at this. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in Him. That's capital H there. We are sure that if we ask anything, we make any request according to his will, in agreement with his plan, which would be in his word for sure, he listens to us and hears us. Don't go forward just yet. This is the confidence, the assurance, the understanding, the expectations, all of it's right here, that if we ask anything, we make any request according to his word, his will, you see, he listens to us. He listens to us. That's what I'm talking about, pray the word. I don't have to ask if God wants to do that. He already said he wanted to. Now, will it come the way I, I think it is? You know, there, there was, when, when I was praying, it's kind of a real funny story looking back, but it wasn't funny during the time. You know, just, just hoping God would, would help us in, in the situations we were going through financially and all the different, the, the stresses. And, and every day, you know, I would come home and I'd check the mail waiting on my check. I was waiting on that ship to come in. Somebody told me one day, did you send one out? Well, I was a giver and a tither, so I was waiting on money to come in. That was my expectation. 
I was expecting it. I had prayed the word. I had done all these things. I had asked. I had confidence. I had boldness and all these things. But can I tell you he didn't answer it the way I wanted him to? Okay, so, so just I'd come home in the evening, and if the doorbell had a light, I knew I had electricity tonight. <laughs> That's how bad it got. I'm serious. That's how it was. And, and along that, we were eating ribeye constantly. I was inviting the pastor over, feeding him ribeye. Does that make a bit of sense? Oh, by the way, I wasn't buying any of that ribeye. My mom owned a grocery store, and she'd get the whole 25 pounds, and she'd slice them up, and she'd give them to us. My stepdad didn't like a lot of things. She was constantly keeping our pantry full of the good foods, the freezer full of the good foods that we're eating ribeye all the time because she'd get them so cheap. But every night I was waiting on a check to bless me, asking God why he hadn't blessed me. And I'm eating ribeye. <laughs> he is supplying those needs, and he was still teaching me in this one. You see, we never went hungry. I probably gained a few pounds during all that. But I had to learn on this side. You see, so th there's all this part. But I want to show you this, 1 John 5, 13 through 15. So I only showed you 14, but this sums it up for you. This is what I want us to read. Look at this. I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, and trust in, and rely on the name of the Son of God. So who is he writing this to? Me. Me. 1 John 5, right, 13 through 15. In the peculiar services and blessing conferred by him, Jesus, on men... So that you, me, may know with settled and absolute knowledge, well, that's tough, whew, that you, me, already have life, yes, eternal life. So we've dealt with that. Go to 14. And this is the confidence. See, I have that. Now I have this. The confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. I can boldly ask this stuff. Not just haphazardly. We have in Jesus, we are sure that if we, I ask anything, make a request according to his will, his word, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears me. Verse 15, watch this, right here. And since we, me, positively know that, capital H, Jesus listens to us, and whatever I ask, I also know you see this? With settled absolute knowledge that I have mm, granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. That he has granted me my present possessions the request that made of him. Sums it up. I pray with an expectation. I pray with an understanding. And I pray the word. And I have an assurance. Positively know that he hears me. Settled with absolute knowledge. When was the last time you prayed for something and you were settled with absolute knowledge? Can I tell you, when I pray for somebody to be healed, I'm praying with the total expectation that when I open my eyes, they're going to be healed. If I'm not praying with that, I'm not going to pray for it. There are times when somebody asks me to pray for that, that for some reason I just don't sense that or whatever, I'll just pray in the Spirit. I'm not going to vocalize that because I just don't, it's like I can't get behind it for some reason. So I pray in the Spirit because the Spirit knows. You know, and, and I want to make sure I'm in agreement with this. 
Because let me tell you this, what I don't want to do, and this, this did happen, and this is a little bit off topic, but, but for some reason I need to go there, that there was a young lady we had years ago in our youth ministry that every service she'd come up and we'd pray for. Every service we'd come up and pray for. Every service. One service I come over to pray for, and God said, no. And I'm like, whoa, I can't pray for you today. So I was just like, okay. So I went to the next person. I come back over. God said, no. And I was like, okay. So I went by. Just, so after service, now she's coming up to me. She says, Pastor Rich, you, you didn't pray for me? No, no, ma'am. Um, God told me I couldn't pray for you today. I don't know what's going on. I, I just kind of left it there, you know. So next thing you know, she's following me outside now. And she's like, but you, you got to pray for me. And I'm like, why do I have to pray for you? But you got to pray for me. Or I'm not going to make it through the week. And about that time, the Holy Spirit says, see, you're just her supplier. She only wants enough to get through. I'm like, whoa. I say, listen, God said no. He's cutting you off. He's not going to be just enough to get you through the week. And boy, she started backpedaling, and all of a sudden, the Lord dropped in my spirit what was really going on. She had been living in this homosexual lifestyle and lying to everybody about it and trying to lie to God about it. And, and then all of a sudden, I told her that. I said, listen, God knows the lifestyle you're living in. He doesn't approve of it, and he says, no. No more coming to church, getting just enough to make it through the week to feel good living in sin. And she was like, "Why? Do you, who told you that? I said, spirit of God. And she confirmed all of them, and I was like, What? And you know what? I prayed with her that day. God finally let me pray for her that that spirit would be broke off of her. And I had total expectation that that was going to happen. You know, she went home, left where she was living, moved. God did it. God did all those things. I had total expectation it was going to happen. You see, so we need to pray that way, believing that God is going to do the things that we're asking of him. Why? Because his word says so. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to move through us when we pray. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to move through us as, as believers. Because there are situations we're going to come up and deal with that we're not going to understand the full picture. Right? There are things we deal with that sometimes we don't understand the full picture. And, I, and that's through the years I've learned to step back a little bit more and try to pay attention to what's going on before you answer. When, when something's going on, you're trying to figure out what the Spirit is doing and, and why things are going the way they are. You see, that's part of, of praying with understanding. God, what is going on in this situation? What's the Word say? What's All of these things come together. I've got a, a short video that I, I want to show us. Uh, it was on YouTube. I found it, and I sent it to some friends. And they, It's about eight minutes long, but it's a very powerful video. Uh, I know I, sh I think I shared it on my personal page. I can't remember if I did or not. I think I did, but I sent it to some friends. And uh, it, it's talking about prayer. And that's why I thought it would be good to see this tonight. So, yeah, go ahead and put the prayer lights on. Uh, but uh, it is sad. The church can't tell the difference between the Holy Ghost and witchcraft. Let me tell you a story about it. Uh, well, anyway. I was off in a big old basketball arena, and that we called for men, uh, people to get healed. So the whole thing was lined up with people, and we're coming down the row, and there's a tall guy over there, about four or five uh, people away, and uh, I could discern that he had cancer, and God's going to heal him of the cancer. But three rows behind him 
was a little bitty granny looking girl, little granny looking woman, kind of uh, gray, blue hair, and she's praying in tongues. But instead of my spirit doing like that, it turned in like that. So I said, God, what's the deal with this? He said, oh, she's cursing you in a tongue. Uh-huh, look out now. So I leaned over there to the pastor, and I said, sir. He said, yes. I said, the little lady in the, behind the tall guy back there, she's uh, cursing us in a tongue. Now, here's what the pastor said. That's the most absurd, idiotical, idiotical thing I've ever heard. She's the head of our intercessory prayer team. So I said, what do you want to do, God? He said, you command her to speak in English what she's speaking in this tongue. Now, I won't say it because this is a Christian group, but she said, F you and F your Jesus. Whoa. Head of the intercessor team. So the pastor turned whiter in the sheet and goes, what are we going to do? I said, let's take her off the prayer team. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Most churches in America are split because witches have infiltrated the intercessory prayer team. That's true. Most churches in America are split because witches have inter intertwined themselves in the intercessory group. See, the devil saw he couldn't stop the prayer movement, so he infiltrated it with witches. Yeah. I said, God, I'm not telling the body of Christ that unless you give me the remedy for the run. He said, it's been before you all this time. After this manner, pray ye. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A witch will have a hard time praying that. See, if we, we better have a, a template for our prayer meetings. Okay? Here's how they overtake churches. The witches get in and then they try to get the pastor's ear. If they can't lead the pastor, then they'll turn the people against the pastor because they'll say he's unteachable. He won't listen to what God's saying. Oh, you better clean this mess up. Don't you think? I'll just give you a couple of warnings here. It's going to be dangerous for witches to come to churches like this. You'll walk in, but they'll tear you out. Okay, yeah, now we're not going to play games with you. Y'all know Bob Jones? He's watching this meeting tonight from heaven. Got the best seat in the house. Honest to God. So he and I were doing a meeting. We're back there in the green room. So we come out, sit, sit down. As soon as I sit down, I feel strong witchcraft behind me. Lord said, you feel that? I said, yes. He said, uh, what are you going to do about it? I said, what do you want me to do about it? Now watch this. He said, I want you to get up. When you get up, take the pulpit, look them straight in the face, identify them for who they are and what they are, have them stand up and say to them, now this is a public meeting in America, have them stand up and say to them, God will give you the sunrise you've had today and two other sunrises. If you don't repent, he'll kill you. What? God will give you the sunrise he gave you today. Two other sunrises, if you don't repent, he'll kill you. Long story short, one repented and two were dead that week. God means it. He said, I don't even suffer a witch to live. We build theme parks for them, write books about them. I'm telling you, God is fixing to shake the church. He's going to shake, and it's going to be deadly and dangerous for witchcraft to try to operate in a church. God meant it when he said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah. You, you go, well, now, Bobby, you know, um, you know, 
my grandkids, they do read the little Harry Potter. Hey, that's blatant open witchcraft. It's the most read book among children in America. Open witchcraft. You know who I blame? Mama and Papa. Daddy and Mama. Those books are what, $19, $20 a book? And listen, watch out, guys. We're at a warfare, aren't we? But the devil's under our feet if we know who we are. It's the strangest thing. Almighty God and hateful hell is asking you the same question. How could God and the devil be synchronized in what they're asking you? Here's a question both God and the devil are asking the saints of God. You ready? Who do you think you are? Hell's going, who do you think you are? And heaven's going, who do you think you are? See, as a person thinks, that's how they're going to live. If you think you're a victim, you'll live as a victim. If you think you're weak, you'll live weak. As a person thinks, that's how he's going to operate. Look at Numbers. Look at Numbers. Send them into the promised land. It's flowing with milk and honey. Remember they go, they come back with an evil report. Yeah, it's just like God said, big fruit, but giants. And we analyzed ourselves and we looked like grasshoppers, so it gave them the ability to perceive us as grasshoppers. You better learn to be strong. You say, well, now, listen, you think there's a real war on? Oh, there is a war on. But we're fighting from victory, not for victory. Our elder brother took care of that when he strung himself up on a tree and cried, what? It's finished! Aren't you glad he didn't say, I'm finished? Yeah. Okay. That means everything should have been done is totally done. Here's what, here's what, here's a, if we were going to ask, if you could ask me a question and say, Bobby, what do you perceive is the greatest need in the body of Christ? The presence. The presence of God. Moses, Exodus 33, verse 13, 14, 15. Moses says, oh God, if your presence doesn't go, Please don't carry us anywhere. Amen. Why? Only your presence will distinguish us between all the people in the earth. The only thing that makes us unique and different is what? Is presence. So it seems like that would be the ultimate thing we need is the presence of God. I love the Bible. It never asks a question without releasing an answer. Sociology and psychology raises all kind of questions and no answers. But the Bible never raises a question without releasing an answer. Show me one. He never raises a question in the Bible without releasing an answer. Here's one. Psalms 20, 24, 3 and 4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. So we're trying to get in the presence of God, get the presence of God in us. So it's essential that we have clean hands and a pure heart. It's not optional. It's essential. Who shall? He that hath clean hands and pure heart. Okay? It says, we got to pursue peace and holiness. For without holiness, no individual will see the Lord. No, that means that no, nobody. Pursue peace with all men and holiness. For without holiness, no individual will see the Lord. I don't know where we got this that it's not important about our character. We've got to be pure and clean. It's, it's, it's non-negotiable. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, why, sure it is. It says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. And it says, it's like a lot of Christians, fake. <laughs> you know why? They can survive without water. You can't. You've got to have the water of life to bloom. Isn't that something? But... These don't ever have to be changed either. 
Don't you like genuine stuff? I do. I like real things. That's what I mean in my life a long time ago. I'm going to be real. I am sick of the cardboard phony. Oh, Lord. You've got to be true to yourself and true to God. The greatest thing you can do is be you, yielded to him. I'm just tired of people trying to clone them into somebody else. You be you, yielded to him. That's unique. That, don't you like that? The greatest thing that can happen to you is just find out God made only one of you and he wants you to be you, totally yielded to him. It takes all the sweat out of it. Just be yourself. Well, now, brother, you know, I, I want to be like brother so-and-so, you know. No, just be you. Wow. You can put the logo back up there. He talks a little bit about prayer and he goes into some other things. But you see, having that yielded life is going to happen through prayer. It's going to happen through prayer. Having the presence and, and all of those things in our, in, our, in our life is going to happen through prayer. Now, the one thing I would add to what he said is, is they'll know we are Christians by our love. But if we haven't spent any time with him in his presence, we're not going to love. Not going to love. We've got to learn how to pray effectively. We've got to be people of prayer. You know, we, we can have Holy Ghost moments in here, but if we want Holy Ghost movements, it's going to happen through effective prayer. It's going to have, the, like what he talked about, you know, I, I can tell you this, that there, there are people in our community speaking witchcraft against us. I know that much. I can sense them. I can feel it at times. That's, you know, me and some other people have conversations about that. And I, I made the comment one week that I can tell you if you guys pray on Saturday night or not. Because if you don't, I'm up all night Saturday night praying for the service. If I have other people helping me, it doesn't take us all night. You see, so we've got we've to be in tune with what God is doing so that we know what to pray, how to pray. And I believe this, that, that we see... We see people sometimes where, where they're spending 30 minutes trying to cast a devil out of somebody, and I don't believe it takes that long. When you're in tune with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God walks up in front of the demonic force and says, leave, it's done. It's done. Just like Jesus when he met the man out there in the tombs. Cast the pigs out, cast them out into the pigs, and they ran and killed himself. See, even the demons didn't want to be in the pigs. They were filthy. That's another story, but you see, so we've got we've to learn how to pray effectively, and it starts with just those three simple things, simple things, simple things, guys. So let's begin to pray every day. Pray the Word. Like I said, pray the Word. If we begin to pray the Word, and then we allow ourselves to move into other things, that's fine, but we've got to be effective in our prayer. Why? Because I don't want to waste bullets. I don't want to waste bullets, right? A sniper gets up there and snipes. One at a time. In the movies, they, they have unlimited clips. <laughs> in reality, they don't. Let's be snipers in prayer. Amen. So listen, so I want to pray for us tonight. I know there's some, some needs in our church as well. We're going to pray. And uh, I just, I said, I wanted, I wanted to bring this to you and, and just get you to begin to pray. And, and, you know, looking at this here, most of us already know how to pray, okay? This was for more of the online audience. No, no, it's for us too. <laughs> so... But I want us to pray tonight. Just take a few minutes and, and pinpoint prayer. If there's a need in your life, pray for it. Just bring it to the Lord because we're coming into agreement right here where we're at tonight. So, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for, for, number one, your word and what it teaches us. 
And Lord, these, these three things that you have given me tonight to be able to share with the people, God, I pray that you would help us truly have an understanding when we're praying that if we don't understand in our natural mind what to pray for, the Spirit does, and we will allow the Spirit to begin to pray. But Lord, I know this, that praying through the Spirit, you will give me understanding because you have so many times. I may allow the Spirit of God to pray in, in tongues through me, but yet I can sense in my mind what it is the Spirit's praying for. Lord, we need that understanding. But Lord, we need an expectation level, an expectancy that says when we ask, we're not just tossing it out there with a hope. We're tossing it out there because we know that we know that we know it's going to happen. Lord, we need an expectation inside of us. Lord, we also need to know how to pray your word. Maybe it's praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Maybe it's praying the other prayers that are scattered throughout. Maybe it's just quoting the word. We need to know how to pray the word because there are needs in our family of church here and in our community and people scattered around the world. And Lord, I pray for those that are sick right now with specifically that are fighting this COVID virus. But one, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer, I quote the scripture that says, by his stripes, the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. And I speak that and I release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. I command the devil to release you. I command the fever to break. I command your body to be strong, that you will be able to stand and do again what you were doing before in the name of Jesus. That you will be able to continue to serve him and glorify Jesus the rest of your life. Lord, I know that, that through this time of this pandemic, there are some of those people in our family as well that, that have lost jobs or, or have had to move different things. Lord, I speak again your word that says you are the God that supplies all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I release that over the body right now that every need they have will be met in excess, that doors will open that no man can close, and that the jobs that they have will supply more than what they need with better hours where they can all only say that Jesus Christ must have done this, <laughs> that they will be able to give you all the glory. Lord, I thank you that you are watching over our family here, and I pray that you continue to as I pray a hedge of protection around you, which is, again, what we see in the Word. And I pray that you would just give us peace and rest in our homes throughout the week, Give us opportunities to share the love of Christ with people that do not know. To encourage fellow believers as well in your word and in spirit. And I thank you for what you've done here tonight and what you're continuing to do. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, say amen tonight. Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank you. Hey, listen, if you're online, tune in Sunday. If you don't have a church, be here Sunday at 10 o'clock. We're going to be here again. Amen. I bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.